Good evening. Welcome to Fordo's production Milkshake Monday. I'm Anita Helm. Tonight is episode 237 entitled Unwilling to Come, Give and Go. Now, before I start, I'd like to share some things. I've often been asked, Anita, how do you market? How do you get the word out about what's going on with your speaking engagements? And I share with them, it's basically, you see a lot of things on Facebook or YouTube or the website, but I really am entrusting the Lord to work through those of you that hear and listen to me week to week or know me or know what I've done as far as teaching other things from all the offerings. And that if the Lord puts on your heart, that you are in the place where somebody is looking for somebody to come and speak or teach regarding the word of God, relationships, career, finance, or overcoming failures that you'll think of me. That's the best that I think I'm able to do. I'm putting out content every week and you all know me at this juncture. So it's a matter of if the Lord puts on your heart, I need a helm. That's fine. That's good with me because I believe I'm doing what the work of the Lord is and he will make a way and make room for the gift that he's given to me. So that's what I want to share as far as my expectation of what the Lord is doing and what I believe that you all are doing week to week, mouth to mouth. All right. So interesting enough, I was experiencing something this week that generated some of this teaching over the weekend. We all celebrated Palm Sunday. In the midst of this weekend, I saw something that made me think of someone who did not really know the Lord laughing at the mere fact that they were hearing the word of God and really didn't either believe it or thought it was a little silly. And I was thinking, wow, that's, that's really an interesting perspective. I've heard people in the last month tell me they don't believe Jesus in the way that I believe him. They don't really believe in Jesus and people really take very lightly the things that God is saying about being in the last days. We are in the last days and there's so many things unfolding to show us that, that are in, in, in alignment with the word of God. So tonight we're going to talk some things. I know that we're saying this is a holy week. So I said, is it a holy week really for you? Is it a holy week really for you? Because I think as we start to see some things in the scriptures tonight, I really want all of us who are listening those that say they love the Lord. And I, you know, I used to remember back in the old times, you would see these testimonies and devotions say, first give an honor to God. Who's the head of my life. I, I never kind of said that kind of stuff because I wanted to be genuine to say, you know, there are days that Anita is too much head of her life and not God. And I didn't want to be lying before God. And I said, God, you know, I repent, I surrender. I want to do better every day, every day. So I just want us to take a breath tonight and ask yourself, could you possibly be one of the people that's going to be described tonight? So let's go to the beginning because when the pastors this Sunday read out of Luke, I said there was something in Luke 19 about Christ before he came into the city, started crying, weeping over the city. And he was talking about all the things were going to unfold. And one of the things that he said out of Luke chapter 19 at the end of uh, 44, he said, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now, Christ came, he was in the flesh, deity in the flesh, but even the Jews refused. There were people in leadership of the synagogue, Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes that refused to accept him. And to realize that he was the Messiah and they were doing everything they could to basically want to kill him and get, a, get him, get rid of him. And there are people here 
in this time, in this place and span who not only don't care about Christ or not aware of the time of the visitation, they mock him. They think that it's silly for those of us who believe in the word of God. And they think that we're doing things that are a waste of time because what they're doing and they believe in their life is more important. So I'm going to read, we're going to start uh, another scripture, Matthew chapter 21, verse 42. Now at the entry of the Palm Sunday, there was some talk about the Pharisees telling Christ, you know, you need to shut down what your disciples and these people are saying. We don't like what they're saying. Stop them. And Christ says to them, have you never read in the scriptures, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken. But on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now, we see a lot of things where Christ talks to him self being the chief cornerstone. He's the foundation. He is the, the rock that our faith is built upon. But we also see in scriptures, this, this discussion that Christ uses the stone, but then he comes back and he uses the vineyard and then he'll use example about a wedding feast. So I thought for tonight, since we're in the Holy week and I want to say, you know, we talk about Holy Monday and this is a Holy week, but I want to say that some people, and I'm going to use W E A K. Some people are weak and they have a hole in their soul when it comes to the things of God. So some of us are saying this is a holy week, a holy Monday, but some of us, I'm going to say you are weak and you have a hole in your soul. And some of the things we're going to talk about tonight are going to reveal some things that may be walking down your street, touching your toes tonight. So we're going to go into Matthew chapter 22 verses one through 15. I want you to see some things here that it's a king who's inviting guest to a celebration of his son's wedding. So he's got invited guests. The guests know what the occasion is. It's the son's celebration of his wedding. But I want you to see that these guests in the scripture are going to basically not come. And the second time the king is going to say to his servants, go get those people that were invited. But then they're going to think they got better things to do and they're going to do their own ways and they're going to be going to their business, whether it's a farm or another kind of business. And then they're going to get so upset with the fact the king is telling them to come that they're going to do things to the servants. And then they're going to kill the servants. Can you really imagine that you're invited to somebody's wedding and you don't want to come to the fact that you're so messed up that you're willing to kill the people that are just giving you the word from the king and said, it's time, it's ready, come on. And I think when we see these actual scriptures and parables that we're not understanding the magnitude of the father and the son and the people of God who are trying to tell other people is it's getting late out here when the last days get serious about your faith, get serious about a relationship with Christ. It's not religion. It's a relationship. And if you don't have the right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, 
you can find yourself in hell destroyed. And I want you to see the city and the servants were both destroyed. He killed the murderers who's going to kill the servants that you're going to see in the story, but he burned up the city and he went through the highways. And some of us are finding ourselves keep talking to people that got better things to do, who keep cussing you out and fussing you out and all this kind of stuff, sleeping on the word, sleeping in on a Sunday, sleeping in on anything you got to tell them. But there's only so much time that God's going to allow that to happen. And he's just trying to tell us we need to go to some highways, other highways in that street that we keep going down and being rejected. So let's hear this word of God about the parable of the wedding feast. It says in chapter 22 of Matthew. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parable and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding and they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I have prepared my dinner, my uh, oxen and fatted cattle are killed and all things are ready. It seems like in case they didn't understand, everything's ready. When the first time they didn't come, they were unwilling to come. And he says again, come to the wedding. Which is, you would think it was an honor. But they made light of it. That's what a lot of people are making light of Christ. Making light of the salvation of their souls. They're making light of it. It doesn't matter it's not important, but they made light of it and went their ways. One to his own farm, another to his business, and the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. I want to ask you this before I read verse 7. If you are disrespecting the invitation of the king. Didn't say some pauper. It says the king. But then he asked you a second time. That's a little bit of a humility because kings don't ask more than once. So the fact that he asked a second time and had different servants go out as though the messenger was the issue. But then these people killed the messengers of the servants. But when the king, verse 7, heard about it. He was furious. And he said out of, he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, other servants that weren't murdered, the wedding is ready. The wedding is still going on. Those people that he just burned up who were murderers and didn't want to come for various reasons, made light of it, they're dead and and the city's burned up. All those businesses, farm and all that stuff that they had, burned up. The wedding is ready, but those who were past tense invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all they found. Now, the first group was unwilling. 
This group is willing and gathering and coming. I want you to know and hear this word gathering because at the end, when we talk about revelations where Satan is gathering and people are willing to go come against the saints of God, God is trying to gather those for salvation. Satan's trying to gather to fight against God. But we find that people are getting confused in these last days and thinking, I'm just going to kick it and I'm going to gather with Satan. I'm willing with Satan. I'm unwilling with God. But in this case of this gathering, it says, gather together all whom they found, both bad and good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, remember they're bad and good guests. They know they've been invited to a wedding. They know the occasion. They know who invited them. They know who brought them. So there should be some understanding where you are and why you're getting there and why you got there and what you should be looking like because they know what, what this gathering is for. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? Don't you notice a wedding? Why aren't you prepared? I've got everything ready. I've got everything prepared. I've come to get you. I've gathered you and you're at my son's wedding. Not anybody's son. I'm the king. You're at my son's arranged wedding in which I've invited and allowed you to come. He says, but you don't have the wedding garment. So he said to him, friend, how did you come here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. As some people who are going to be in the presence and they don't have a relationship are going to be speechless as they're thrown out at the white throne judgment and going to hell. Then the king said to the servants, bind his hand him hand and foot, take him away and cast him into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth for many are called, but few are chosen. Now, if you have the opportunity, I want you to now go to Luke because Luke in Luke 20 has a parable that's very similar and it's about the vineyard. The first parable about the wedding feast is a king, a king that's prepared and has everything ready. The second parable is the owner of the vineyard. He buys it, but he leases it out. You know, leasing is renting. You don't own it. Somebody owns it, but you're just leasing it for a temporary, like somebody renting a house. It's not your house. You're supposed to take care of it as though you, you're living in it, but it's not your house. When the actual owner just says he wants to come get some stuff from the, from the actual vineyard, he owns it. They have a problem with acknowledging his ownership. They have a problem with giving his servants what is rightfully his, but then over and over again, they keep doing these things to the servants. And you know the story. He sends his son thinking maybe they're confused. You know, I'm not reading into it, but maybe they just don't understand the circumstance that I'm asking for what's mine. And they decide amongst themselves because of greed and mammon and just total lust. We'll kill the heir. Do you not think that the owner is going to have a problem with you killing his son, the heir. I, I sometimes I, I wondered about, about the people who killed the servants of the king. I say, do you think you're going to get away with killing the king's servants? And now for this second parable, parable with Christ is talking again, 
The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the people that think they can get away with spitting on the son of God, that they think they can get away with this, that it doesn't mean anything. So let's start at Luke chapter 20 and I'm going to start. Let's start here at verse. uh, Let me see what I tell myself to do. I think I said verse 17. So start at verse 17 and we'll go through 25. 17 reads. Uh, no, I wanted to go back. I'm going to verse nine. I'm going to verse nine. Then he began to tell the people this parable. A certain man planted a vineyard, leased it to the vine dressers and went into a far country for a long time. Now at vintage time, he sent a servant to the vine dressers that they might give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the vine dressers beat him and sent him away empty handed. They were unwilling to give to the owner anything. Again, he sent another servant. See how the second time, like the second time for the king and the invitation come again, he sent another servant and they beat him also treated him shamefully and sent him away empty handed. And again, he sent a third and they wounded him also and cast him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, what shall I do? I will send my beloved son. Y'all know he says, this is my beloved son. So you know who Christ is talking about himself. I will send my beloved son. Probably they will respect him when they see him. But when the vine dressers saw him, they reason among themselves saying, this is the heir. Come, let us kill him that the inheritance may be ours. They wanted the vineyard that they were leasing that was not theirs. They thought in killing the son, they would have something for themselves. Now he's speaking directly to the Pharisees, the Sadducees and the scribes who don't want to receive him. They've been puffing up themselves in the synagogue, talking about the coming Messiah. And now the Messiah is there and they don't want nothing to do with him. But they said, verse 15, so they cast him out of the vineyard. They didn't kill him in the vineyard that his father owns that is his inheritance. They take him out of the vineyard and then they kill him. So they, they cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, what will the owner of the vineyard do to them? That's what I have. What did they think the owner of the vineyard was going to do after they murdered his son? They thought he was just going to say, oh, well, oh, well, did they really think that? Do we really think when we reject the son, Jesus Christ, that the father is given for our salvation to cover the wages of sin, which is death, that we are going to get from the father? Oh, well, oh, well, you just didn't care about Jesus. Oh, well. You're going to find your tail at the white throne judgment and go into the lake of fire with the devil and all those, those demonics, former host of angels that are now demons play, play with God. If you want, you're going to see, he don't play, but look what it says again. Verse 17. That's what part I was just mentioning 17 to 25. Then he looked at them and said, what then is this that is written? The stone, which the builders rejected the same thing I read before has become the chief cornerstone. Whoever falls on that stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. 
Rejectors, listen to me. You that have a weak W-E-A-K with a hole in your soul and you think that you don't need Christ and it doesn't matter, grind him to powder. And the chief priests and the scribes that very hour sought to lay hands on him. Did he, did he not just tell them the story about the beloved son being taken out of the vineyard and killed? And they're plotting after hearing this parable, the very thing that he just said, they are seeking to lay hands on him and they would have killed him. But they said they feared the people for they knew he had spoken this parable against them. So they watched him. Now here's the part I want to tell y'all because sometimes you don't catch this part in verse 20. We got pretenders in the house, y'all. We got pretenders in the house, the houses of God. That's why you see that God says, some people are going to say, Lord, Lord, you're going to say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you because there's some spies in the house. There's some pretenders in the house. And don't think I made it up because God told you in the word. Verse 20 says, so they watched him. This is the people that he just talked about in the parable who just said they sought to lay hands on him, but they didn't do it. But it says, so they watched him and sent spies who pretended to be righteous. That's some people pretending to be righteous in the houses of worship all around the world, pretending to be righteous, being sick and spies for the devil. Pretended to be righteous that they might seize on him the words in order to deliver him to the power and the authority of the governor. Then they asked him saying, teacher, we know that you say and teach rightly and you do not show personal favoritism, but teach the way of God and truth. If you know that, then what's the problem? 411, what's the problem if you know he speaks the truth and he's speaking from God? What's the problem? Now we're going to go to the problem. Why people are unwilling to come to give and to go. It says here, is it lawful in verse 22? Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, why do you test me? Show me a Daenerys. Whose image and inscription does it have? They answered and said, Caesar's. And he said to them, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God. Now let's go back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 talks about, you can't, six, chapter 6 verses 19 to 24. Why are people so unwilling to come? I'm going to try to do this without glasses. Lord, Lord have mercy on me. Uh, why are people unwilling to come, to give, and to go? Verse 19 gives us a hint because if you saw in the vineyard, they wanted the inheritance for themselves. We talk about taxes, but it wasn't the taxes. The, the Pharisees, scribes, and the, and the Sadducees wanted to retain the power for them to be puffed up. And also remember how Christ came and they had turned the house of prayer into a den of thieves and he had to clean it up. Where was all that extra cash going? People are focused on what they are focused on. And just like we saw in the first parable about the wedding feast, they got to go and do farming and other businesses and making light of things that they want to do versus what God wants to do. And God is telling you in this scripture, 
you got to be careful of some things. Now let's go in verse 19 of Matthew six. Do not lay up for yourselves in the 21st century. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is your heart will be also. I was going to say something and it's not political. It is not political. But when people are so invested in money and fundraising over lies and not the truth, saints of God, wake up. Ask the Lord God to open your eyes. May the Holy Spirit reveal to you because there's lies and cheating and stealing going on. And he, Satan will appear like an angel of light and even fool some of the elect. Open your eyes and ask God's Holy Spirit to reveal to you the truth. Verse 22 of Matthew 6. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one, that means you, that means me, everyone is part of no one. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. When you find there's an unwillingness to come to God, unwillingness to come to the house of worship, unwillingness to come and to proclaim Christ, unwillingness to give to the Lord, unwilling to give yourself and surrender your life, unwillingness to go and to share the message of Christ. Who are you serving? You're not serving God because God, like the king is saying, I want you to come. Christ has given his life. He's finished. What we're celebrating this weekend is he's finished. He's given his life up for our sake, for our salvation. But you say, I got better things to do. I got better people to hang out with. I don't want to be bothered with that stuff and religion and what you got, because what I got going on, my bling bling, my treasures, my things that are, that I think are going to fit in the U-Haul behind my hearse. No baby girl, no baby boy. It's not going to work like that. You are going to go back to the dust, but your soul is going to spend eternity either with the father in heaven or separated in the lake of fire with the demons and Satan. You have a choice and God says you cannot serve two masters. You trying to have one foot in hell, one foot in heaven. It's not working, baby dolls. It's not working that way. He says, you're going to love one and be loyal to one. And you're going to despise and hate the other. And right now we have a lot of people in this world. That's hating God, hating God and anything about God. All right here. Let's go to Matthew 28 verse 17 through 22. I talked to you a minute where the scriptures said that there's some people in the house spying out the house, pretending there's people even in the house who's trying to serve two masters, loving mammon, loving their treasures, 
You know, because they're giving a dollar, $2 when they know that that gross pay and that net pay is not no $2 tithe and 10%. That math don't work. Matthew 28 verse 17 is the great commission where we're supposed to go, but unwilling to go. You know, it's sad when you think about people who are parts of cults willing to give up their Saturdays, willing to give spit upon and door shut in their face, and they're not even speaking the truth. Christ said in the scripture, we just saw that he's speaking the truth. Even the spies knew that he was speaking the truth from God. But we are so in our own self, don't want to deny ourselves that we're like, I ain't going. I don't care what God said. I don't care what authority and power he got. I'm not going. I'm not willing to come. I'm not willing to give and I'm unwilling to go. Verse 17 of Matthew 28 says, when they saw him, meaning Christ after the resurrection, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go. Did he say, maybe go? Did he say, think about going? Did he say, pray about going? He said, go. G-O, it's only one little tiny little word, one little syllable, go. We learned that in first grade. Go. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Guess what? If you talking bad about the people in the nations, you saying they are all kinds of less than you. They're not worthy of you. Oh, we can't like them immigrants. We don't want them. How are you going to witness Christ if you can't even speak kindly to them and they in America? You got everything against them. Oh, there's illegals. Oh, there's aliens. Oh, that this. Well, Lord, help us. You probably have some heritage where your little people's coming from all over the place, too. Weren't always from this country. I know I didn't start out of this country if you go back to my roots. But God says to make disciples of all the nations. So you may have to come off your high horse a little bit and realize that if the Holy Spirit says go talk to them, not looking like you, not speaking like you, you may have to understand that God says go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Teaching doesn't happen in five minutes. Teaching takes some time. Teaching takes some sacrifice. Teaching takes you coming. Teaching takes you giving. Teaching takes you going. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Now let's go to this part. You're going to wonder why, Anita, why are you going to this part? We're going to John chapter 18, verse 33 through 37. Because as we get ready to go through Holy week that we say, and we know Good Friday is coming up, but we know the Easter resurrection is coming up. There's no word Easter in the Holy Scriptures. But we see that a king is going to question the Lord Jesus Christ before he sentenced him to death and crucifixion. And I want you to see the exchange between this king, and I want you to hear Christ's words. And as you think about this 2023 experience of us reflecting on God's great sacrifice for us. Hear these words that were the interchange between Pilate and Jesus Christ. Verse 33, then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, 
Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priest have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Are you a king then? Because he just said it's not of this world. He said, are you a king then? He knew his wife had a bad dream. Y'all better read the scriptures. Amen. And he's hearing all kinds of stuff from wifey poo who he's sleeping with. Say, don't have nothing to do with that man. You've been, I had nothing to do with that man. I, he's been, in, I've been having things in my dreams. So that ain't normal, right? Wifey poo don't have things about government business in her dreams. And when he hears what Christ says, his response is, are you a king then? He, he's getting concerned, but not concerned enough not to listen to the chief priest because he's concerned about his hide now, not thinking about his eternity for eternity. Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause, I was born. And for this cause, I have come. We're unwilling to come, but he came. For this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. So if you can't sense the spirit drawing you, you don't have any interest in Jesus Christ. Are you even of the truth? Are you a part of the devil and his deception and his lies? And if you're giggling about the things of God, are you part of the demonic force that's on this planet right now? Because Christ says everyone, that's everyone who is of the truth. Here's my voice. Now we're going to the end, Revelations 20, verse 7 through 14. So you can understand about Satan and his deception. You can hear that he's all about going all around this world to spread it, which in the 21st century, we got a lot of it. A lot of it. Verse, Revelation 20, verse 7. Now when the thousand year had expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, 
to gather together to battle, which I talked about in the beginning about there will be people who are unwilling to come and give and go for God, but they be, will be more than willing at Satan's call of his deception to gather together to battle. And who are they battling? Gather them together to battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints. Who are they battling? The saints and the beloved city. Who's running that city? Jesus Christ in his thousand year reign before they release Satan. It says here, and fire. Now all these people, they gathered together who were unwilling to follow God, but willing to follow Satan. It wasn't that there was this big battle. God is going to send fire from heaven and he's going to destroy them. Just like we saw the wedding feast, that city was burned. Do we see about the destruction of the people who were the vine dressers? They were going to be burned. Do we see that the stone that falls grind to powder? It says, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever. But look at the great white throne judgment. If y'all haven't paid attention, I have said this great white throne judgment at least four or five times. So if you say, I don't understand. I am saying it as slowly as repetitively so you can get the understanding now because I don't want you to be here. I don't want anybody under the sound of my voice to be here. But you can be unwilling to come, unwilling to give, unwilling to go, and willing to receive the free gift of God's salvation all you want. But here's the ending of this story. Verse 11, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. Guess what? Everybody's freaking out about this indictment thing. But God is greater than an indictment that's here on earth with jail and, and fines and all that stuff because God's indictment is eternal and no exit signs in hell in the lake of fire. So you better wonder, wonder, take the time, small and great, under the sound of my voice to recognize that you got to get some things right with the, the God, of, God of heaven, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Small and great is what we're talking about here. Books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to his works. There's no praying. There's no purgatory here. There's no, I'm going to pray 50 times. I'm going to do all this stuff to kind of get people out of hell. That is nothing in the Bible and the Holy Scripture. So don't be adding no foolishness there. It says, then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. 
And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So I plead with you, if you have a heart this week, next week, the week to come, if the Lord lets you to see it, and all you got to say is, I'm unwilling to come to God, I'm unwilling to give to God, I'm unwilling to go for God, you're going to be at the white throne judgment. And I can't, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, if you got all that unwillingness, God has given some parables of the fam, of the, the feast, the wedding feast, the vineyard, and it don't look good. If you don't want to come when God said everything is ready, if you don't see the lessons of this, these parables, I don't know how, how more to make it plain. You can reject God all you want to in this natural plane, but there's an eternity facing hell with no exercise, no doorknobs, no air conditioning, no lights, no comforts, no party, no orgies, no whatever that lie the devil's been spreading to you that you say, and you say, I, I, I'll be with the other hypocrites. Okay, Adam talked to you. Adam told you. Adam made it plain. Well, saints, the word of God in Matthew 9, verses 37 to 38 says, Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I pray that those of you that love the Lord, if God is leading you to talk to people you don't know, talk to them. All the people that keep rejecting don't want to hear put their names on God's altar, keep praying for them, but start talking and sharing the gospel to all the people that he's sending the Holy Spirit to put you in their path. Get the word of mouth about uh, Fordo's production. I will go and speak the gospel. I will talk about careers and relationships and finance and overcoming failures. And all these young men and women who are getting ready to graduate this April and May, they need to hear my talk on careers and finance because they don't know what they don't know. And I will give them 30 years of being a hiring manager and a manager of people. And they need to know about the things about the money because they don't know and they didn't learn it in college and they probably ain't going to learn in high school. So if you want to learn it, contact me. All right. Love you. God bless you. See you next week. Lord willing. Amen.